Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And this is our brand performance podcast. Today, our performance conversation is with our special guest, Dylan Oglin. And he is a digital marketing expert, entrepreneur, and educator. His key focus is helping people start and grow their own hyper-profitable digital agency. But I think most of you are going to be surprised at today's episode because Dylan and I are going to take a fairly unique angle to this as we've gotten to know each other. Dylan has a backstory where he has some messy, messy middle situations. And we know as entrepreneurs that that's really where you're going to get the most out of our conversation with Dylan. So Dylan, thank you for joining our podcast today. Absolutely, Marla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about the the messy middle, as you said. I love, <laughs> love that one. So. <laughs> right? I mean, because right now, business, right? You're a sage digital marketing expert. You know, you're an entrepreneur, but there's a bit of a backstory. So can you just take a minute and tell us a little bit about your backstory, Dylan, and, and you know, where you're coming from and maybe lead us into this messy middle of where we're headed? Sure, sure. All right. So I got one minute. Let me do it. So I guess I'll start in the beginning. So for me, I I like to start by telling people I, I dropped out of high school. So I started my first business when I was 14. Uh, this is before I dropped out. And basically, I'm from a really small town in, in Pennsylvania where, you know, it's kind of like beat into you that you'll never amount to anything in your life. And I did the really, really dumb thing of dropping out of high school uh, because I figured if I got into business early, it was like my one shot to to kind of get out and kind of do something with my life. Uh, I don't recommend it to everybody or anybody, I should say. I recommend, you know, finish school, <laughs> go to go to college, get good grades, kids. But that's, uh, you know, that's where it started for me. Uh, and then I spent the next 12 or so years bouncing around, not really getting anything, constantly chasing the shiniest object and um, and not really getting anywhere. Uh, eventually, I had over 10 business projects going at one time and was barely making ends meet, nearly a million dollars in debt and just reached a tipping point and scrapped everything and just focused on one single thing. Okay, so take us there, right? So 10 years, you were, you know, shiny penny syndrome, as most entrepreneurs, yeah. right? We think we can do it all and do it all at once. And then it leads to absolutely doing nothing, which, yes. you know, that's paralyzing. And, and it's overwhelming as well. So, you know, how did you take this? Because you turned this, this experience in a very short period of time, four short years, you built an online digital agency, which is seven figures generating over a million in sales and three years running. So, you know, give us that start point. So, you know, how did you go from that level of distraction, Dylan, of like doing it all to saying, where am I going to get hyper-focused and where am I going to make this work? Sure. So I, I would actually jump back to one, one thing you mentioned that, would you call it the shiny, shiny Penny syndrome? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Basically it's the same thing. I think for, for a lot of people, it comes down to desperation. It's, mm. Uh, it's definitely a fallacy, but it's 
you know, you, you have a financial goal, you have, you have bills to pay, you're stressed about money and you, you kind of in the back of your mind, you might have this like, oh, there's this one thing I really want to do, but I, I need to pay the bills. So you start chasing all these things. It's like, oh, if I do this, I can make maybe a thousand dollars a month off of it, or maybe $2,000 a month, or maybe I'll take this one gig where I'm getting paid 20 bucks an hour and I can do that for 20 hours a week. I've, I've been, been in all of those different situations. And it's, it's really just, it comes down to, to desperation. And that's, that's definitely where I was. Uh, I, uh, like I mentioned, I had about 10 business projects going at one time and I, I reached the tipping point and what it was for me that kind of pushed me over the edge is I had a conversation with, with a long-term mentor of mine where he basically was like, Dylan, you know, you got, <laughs> I lied to him and I say, you know, oh yeah, everything's great. And then eventually I break down and I'm like, dude, I'm getting nowhere. I, I'm, broke. Uh, I'm up to my eyeballs and dead. I'm, I don't know what sleep is. I am, you know, I dream of like someday going on a vacation <laughs> and uh, he's like, dude, you just need to, you need to focus on, you need to get focused. I, that was, that was it. It was just, you know, that's, that's not sexy sounding. It's not in depth. It's not complicated. He is almost like a metaphorical slap across the face where Dylan, you need to get focused and and literally that the evening I had that conversation with him, I went downstairs into my freezing basement office. Uh, I think it was like November-ish of 20, 2016, uh, maybe October, give or take. But still, it was cold, it was freezing. And I just got on my computer and I just deleted everything that if it wasn't already making money, at least, you know, say five, a couple hundred bucks a month, I deleted it. Just I would take the folder and just throw it in the trash and empty the trash. The projects that were making some money, I automated it. It was like, I'm not going to put a second of my time into this. And if it dies, it dies. And the other advice he gave me was focus on a high profit margin business where, and this is important, if you end up being just okay at it, you're not the best in the world at it, you still hit your financial goal, which my financial goal at the time was six figures. I wanted to that was that's what I wanted. I figured if I hit six figures, it would solve all my problems. So I looked at the things I was doing and the business that stood out was digital marketing management, which essentially what we do is we manage our clients, Facebook and Google and sometimes YouTube ads. It's got a high profit margin. It's highly scalable. And that was just what I focused on. And yeah, uh, focus. So, uh, sounds like you got a question there. <laughs> yeah, you know, so clarity clears the clutter. That's what we're talking about. You know, you're uber focused, getting granular on what is it that's going to make a difference and remove all of that overwhelm that you were experiencing by trying to operate these 10 businesses and said, okay, what's the one? Match it to a high profit margin and boom, that's how you got to where you were. Do you have any tips or pointers for us, Dylan, as, as entrepreneurs are listening to this episode? Um, how to get that hyper-focus. I mean, like, so you went down, you purged files, but can you give us like the feeling that you were in that made that decision a reality? So for me, it was, I like to say that that tipping point, I had the tipping point, the breaking point. Like I was, I was so fried. I was so tired. I was so mentally exhausted that it was, it was easy for me to quit cold turkey. And it's also, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are just by our very nature, we're, you know, type A personalities, like we can do it all. 
And the the truth is, is there's a saying: you know, the the man who chases many rabbits catches many man who chases two rabbits catches none, something along those lines. And it just like it, it, I had reached that tipping point. You know, it was all this advice he's giving me, and I it was a slap across the face where I'm like, the solution's right in front of my face. Like I am going in all these different directions. No wonder I'm getting no progress. And I, it wasn't like something I didn't know. Like I had read the book Essentialism, which if, if you haven't, if you're out there and you have not read that book, go buy it, read, read the book Essentialism. I knew these things. I knew that I needed to focus on the critical few, let go of the trivial many, like it, it, that was built into me, but I was so caught up in the day to day of like, you know, I was desperate to, you know, make that couple hundred bucks extra a month so I could figure out what that one business was that I was going to focus on that I spent a decade of my life bouncing around getting absolutely nowhere. Mm, yeah, the that messy was... middle. I mean, that messy middle is like <laughs> going from like, yeah, I have this high desire and this is just, I'm just churn and burn, right? You're just, it's just messy in that space. And then you decided with that one conversation with your mentor and said, focus. And then you just took that to reality. I mean, you took all the things that you were learning and doing, it sounds like, and you put it all into one. And it's gotten you through it. And I was just absolutely ruthless with it. You know, as an example, I'm a perfectionist by my by nature. So anytime I had started all these, you know, 10 projects or whatever, it was more than that, by the way. But when I would start something, I was like, oh, I need to go get a nice logo and I need to get the website set up. And then I need to get the LinkedIn and the YouTube and, uh, you know, get a business card and do the letterhead and need to get a phone system. I need to do all these things because I had wasted so much time on all that useless stuff. I was just, I, I bootstrapped everything. I didn't have a website for my agency until earlier this year. Uh, I think it would have been two years. We did over seven figures, no website, uh, no phone voiceover system, no logo, no nothing. I didn't have any of that stuff. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily 100% recommend that. It does make you look more professional. If you have a website, duh. But, uh, but again, it, it, for me, I had reached that tipping point. I was, I was, I was so ruthless with it because I had spent so long suffering and finally saw the solution. It was like, I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can into this. And it was, it was very quickly things turned around. I think, um, you know, like I said, I think six figures is my goal. Uh, I think it was by March. So within, you know, say three or four months, uh, I was on pace for, for six figures. Mm. Yeah. So conscience of uh, or conscious avoidance, right? Those are the things that you were putting in the way of being successful and you were consciously doing it. I need a website, I need a logo, you know, that all these things were keeping you from being successful. And once you decided just to step, step out, it sounds like, you know, and just bring yourself forward and say, you know what, these are no longer going to be excuses. I'm going to use them just to kind of get to where I need to go. You did it. And that's, I mean, that's a powerful story for anybody who's listening to this. I mean, so you're also known as having lived the four-hour work week, Dylan. Can you give us some insight into, you know, the power of time and how you're making all this a reality and doing it in four hours a week? I, I want to back up because you use the term conscious avoidance. That is so powerful. I, I can't even begin to describe now, now that I have an, an education company where I'm teaching people to start their own agencies. Wow. Do I see that so much? 
And a lot of what it comes down to is people are scared to fail. Uh, and I like where you went into the time with that, because to me, it, again, I wasted 10, 12 years of my life. Don't make that mistake. If you're out there, you want to start your own business or you, uh, you know, you've started your business, but you're scared to make it grow. Uh, you, you, you have a limited amount of time available in life. <laughs> Don't waste it trying mm-hmm. to get things to be perfect. Don't waste it being scared, being scared to, to fail because you will. But the only way you can reiterate and get better and better and better with your business or pivot and go in a different direction, uh, the only way you can get to those points and, and, and make those decisions is by passing the hurdles and failing. So I like to say fail as quickly as you possibly can. Mm. So I know yeah. I jumped back there. Um, what was no, your question about the four hour work week? I apologize. No, 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 don't, no. These are all like powerful messages. And I think, you know, it's very poignant. And, you know, you are describing a true entrepreneur, right? You have to have this ability to adapt and um, to pivot into situations when you're not getting a return. You know, you have mm-hmm. to like eat it because like you said, I mean, you've killed projects that you thought at some point were going to happen and they didn't. And so by killing the project, it allowed you more energy, more focus all of these things to make what was working work even better. And so, you know, go into that four-hour work week because like we have a mission to help entrepreneurs reach a one-year goal and do it 90 days. And so Mm -hmm. I love the power of time and I love the way different people look at it. So give us your insight and, you know, why did you choose the four-hour work week? And then like, how long did you establish it? And give us some insight there. So, so the four hour work week, for those of you who don't know, is a book by Timothy Ferris. I highly recommend that everybody reads that one. Uh, for me, it's it's not necessarily about working, which if you actually read the book, it's not about necessarily working four hours a week. It's really about being able to work when you want, where you want, on what you want. So instead of you know, the whole idea of 40 hours a week, I have to work 40 hours a week. If I'm not working that amount, if I'm not working 60 hours a week, I'm a failure. Uh, it's, it, it's really about constraining yourself, focusing on the 80, 20, the, the 20% of your actions that get you 80% of your results, a whole bunch of different things, but, but really constraining your time so that you're not wasting it on, on the trivial many. Mm. Um, yeah. So key, yeah, absolutely. Key ingredients here, discipline, you know, focus, 80, 20, really kind of paring down. And that allows you the ability to do it when you want, where you want and what you want. I think that's just brilliant. And people are hearing this. Um, and some of them are thinking that's not a reality, Dylan, but here you're proving that it actually happened. It is a reality. And you love to teach other people. I mean, you, you have a passion for educating others in this space. Can you give us, you know, why that is, or like, what is it about that educational platform that you, that you enjoy? So for me, I have always, when, when I, back in the beginning, when I was you know, 13, 14 years old, I, I had incredible coaches. I was, I, I'm a hockey player. I had incredible coaches that had a massive impact on my life. Incredible teachers that had a you know, huge impact on my life. Mentors that have had a massive impact. When I was 13, 14, I had this kind of thought of, you know, what do I want to do with my life? And one of the things that kept popping up was being a coach of some, some sort. I, I thought I would probably go down the hockey route. But I didn't definitely wasn't skilled enough to be like a professional coach. And 
amateur coaches make next to nothing or, or they do make nothing. And I didn't want to be broke. <laughs> so I, I knew, okay, well, I can't, I can't go down that route. So that, that was kind of like an early desire that I had. And once I finally got my agency growing, finally started to have some success in business, uh, finally hit seven figures, you know, I kind of took a look around and was like, you know, more doesn't seem to be more satisfying to me. I, if, if I aim for eight figures with my business, like I'll just have more money. I won't be more fulfilled. So I, I said, okay, I would like to kind of shift and go in the, the direction of, of doing some kind of coaching. What does that look like? And that's where I ended up doing the education company where I teach people how to start and grow their own business. Over the years, I have had people that I would just meet at uh, industry events, conferences, things like that. And then uh, I would kind of for free privately, you know, give them advice and teach them and, and guide them along. I found that to be way more enjoyable than the other things I was doing with my business. And I kept like coming back to that, even though I wasn't making anything from it and I was doing it, you know, volunteering basically. So once I reached a certain level with the agency, it was, I really want to focus on that. And uh, I took a course by uh, Sam Ovens. Um, he teaches you how to start like a consulting business. And um, a couple of years later, here I am. Mm, brilliant. Okay. And I also want to look at Dylan as a, as a person, right? You're fascinated by stoicism and you have an insatiable hunger for knowledge and growth. And that I think you've kind of just described and defined for us, you know, and how you've taken that hunger to hunger for knowledge, right? And how you're extending that to other people. But talk mm -hmm. about stoicism, because I think right there's a huge conversation in itself. So for me, so stoicism can go in many different directions. It's kind of one of, the, in my opinion, it's one of those things where you, you pick what you want to get from it. <laughs> For me, it's, it's about recognizing emotions. Let's just talk business, fear, fear of failure, fear of making investments. I think that those are two very, fear in general is a very powerful, but probably the most powerful emotion. Recognizing that those emotions are there and kind of, trying to force yourself, at least this is what I do. I force myself to put logic behind it. Is this a logical fear to have? Uh, I know this isn't the perfect, the perfect answer. Or if I'm getting upset about something, if I'm, if I'm angry about a team member making a mistake, uh, am I being emotional or am I being logical? For me, that's just how I I have kind of used stoicism, uh, especially with businesses, just always trying to force myself to recognize emotions. They're there. These aren't necessarily failures of mine because I have fear or whatever. Uh, and, and just question, is this, is this logical or is this emotional? Does that mm, make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And you're right because you know, we're naturally emotional about, um, we're, we're just emotionally invested, right, as entrepreneurs on our success and the people that we're aligned to. And I think that makes a powerful um, statement to be focused on log a logic. I and mean, we always like to say, you know, state the facts, remove the emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just state the facts here, what's going on truly. And then, you know, I mean, we are emotional beings, but are we giving it too much emotion, right? Are we feeding the monster? And we don't really need to be. And I think that's really important for others to hear. So very, very powerful. Can I pivot a little bit? 
anywhere you want to go. Okay. So one of the things, and I'm a firm believer in this as well, but stop hiding behind low prices, you know, show your value. Can you speak to that, Dylan? Um, Give us an example or um, a story around that. So this was a lesson that I learned specifically when it came to, so I've been doing like kind of digital agency work for years. Uh, I've built logos, websites, things like that for people. And the lesson I learned was in regards to website prices. So I'll I'll leave with a story here. And it's basically what happens is a lot of people, when it comes to they're doing web design work, they are competing in the nature of price instead of providing a solution. So they're reaching out to clients. And the truth is that nobody really, you're you're never going to be the cheapest option on the market. Anybody could go to Wix, anybody could go to Squarespace and get a website for 15 to 20 bucks a month. So the, it's not logical. You're being emotional (laughs) if you're trying to compete on price, right? Right. It is much better to be a solutions provider. So somebody who is willing to spend several thousand dollars on a website, as an example, uh, they're not looking for necessarily a website, they're looking to invest in their online presence. That sounds a little bit different. And they're looking to grow their business. They're looking to set up the ability for, say, people to buy their product online or to book services online, what have you. Uh, Shifting your focus from being a a service provider to a solutions provider allows you to increase your prices and it allows you to um, get away from competing to get to the lowest bottom price in the market, which again, you never will. Uh, So what I did whenever I was selling websites and I used to build them uh, again, I used to be that guy that charged $500 for a website, a thousand dollars for a website, changed my pricing model to where I was providing solutions. I was helping my clients grow their online presence. I was doing the exact same thing. I'm building them a website, but that allowed me to speak the client's language uh, and charge much higher prices. So it's just Uh, positioning. I mean, really, it's just, it's just a flip of the switch that, you know, it's, it's how we're thinking about it. But when you're watering down your brand, and that's how I like when you're hiding behind a low price, then you're watering down everything. And then you don't even want to buy from you at that point. That, yeah, that's where I was going to go next is, is it also when you're charging that, when you're the the top solution, when you're charging, say, $5,000 for a website or another example I like to use is cars. If you're Mercedes selling a $150,000 sedan, you know that people are expecting short, just short of perfection. Like they want the best of the best. When you're selling a $500 website or your Chevy selling, the, you know, a $12,000 cruise, it's almost you naturally as the the business owner almost like, well, what did you expect? You were buying the cheap solution. Like, did you expect quality? Uh, So then you end up uh, providing to your clients a low quality solution, uh, which then nobody's happy about. But by being the, you know, the, the premium provider, you're building a better relationship with the client. uh, And then it forces you to stand beside your high prices. Uh, instead of hiding behind those low prices and being like, well, what did you expect? 
Mm. Yeah. And don't you find that those scarcity clients, the ones that are Are all about the price, oh my God, they're more demanding, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You spend way more time on them and there's really no difference. Yeah. The people that are, uh, uh, that are spending $500 on a website or, or, you know, can't afford marketing or whatnot. Not that they're bad people. It's just they're, they're not at that place in the market. Uh, and they're trying to step up to, to this higher level, but they don't, they don't have the resources for it or they're not ready for it. Uh, and they're, they end up being more demanding. Uh, I've never had, I've, you know, clients with $80,000 a month bills, you know, invoices being sent out. They never have issues with payments. They don't. But people that are, uh, you know, $200 for a website, $500 for a website. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always got to do split pay mm-hmm. or they got to break it into a few payments and whatnot. Isn't that interesting? And yeah. And it's expectation, right? I mean, you're just, you're, yeah, they level up their, their level of expectation when you're working with a high level VIP red carpet provider. Um, those are the level of clients and those people think differently. They have different expectations and there's more synergy built into it. Right. Give us your. Absolutely. As a, as a, as a service provider, I have yet to see any business model, whether it's web design or digital marketing or consulting or photography or anything. It is much better to be the premium solutions provider uh, as the business owner yourself. It is much better to be at that high end. Uh, The people are better to deal with. You make more money you end up delivering a better, higher quality product or service. Everybody ends up happier. Your life is easier. There's absolutely no reason not to be the premium solutions provider. Absolutely. Okay, so we're kind of coming into the close of this. I mean, we've we've hit on some beautiful topics here, and I know that there's been a lot of value, Dylan, that you have shared with us. Um, what are the best ways for people to connect with you online? Uh, my website is dylanoglin.com, and then you can find me on the the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the LinkedIn's of the world at Dylan Oglin. Oh, Dylan, this has just been so fun. So thank you so much. You can also learn more about Dylan on our website at MarloHiggins.com where you can connect to Dylan's circle of influence, add him to your circle of influence and connect with his different resources. Dylan, thank you so much for today. Thanks, Marlo. We invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook page. This is where we will engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo.